This is Perspectives, the show where an examination of our many differences often shows us how much we have in common. I'm Condis Presley, and this month we are celebrating women, only women guests, and our guest today is Anne Devereaux Mills. She's written a book. It's called The Parlay Effect, How Female Connection Can Change the World. And Anne Devereaux Mills, we are delighted to have you on Perspectives. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's fun to be here. So tell me about the parlay effect. What is that? Tell us about you. Sure. So I'll I'll rewind the clock to the last time that our uh, economic environment went kind of crazy as it is right now. Uh, And that was 2009, 2010. I was in New York City as a single mom running advertising agencies and uh, was running a, a turnaround agency during the recession, which is not a fun job. When my oncologist called me, I had had cancer a number of years before, and he said, you know, uh, bad news, the cells are accelerating again, we need to do more surgery. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a girl with grit, and I said, okay, we're going to do this. And I went to my boss and said, I've got to take a couple weeks off, but I'll be back to run the company. And he said, nah, don't hate me for this, but I'm going to have someone else run the company. And I lost my job, my health, and my last daughter was leaving for college all at the same time. And so this was obviously an incredibly uh, scary experience having, you know, your cancer come back, but even scarier when you're someone who defines yourself as um, as a leader, as a mother, as a healthy person, and it's gone. So I had to decide, <laughs> what do I want in the next stage of my life, since the things I was hanging on to um, weren't there anymore. And I realized that I'd been living in this world of transactions, where I do something for someone because I have power, or they do something for me. And when those relationships that were transactional were needed, they were gone because I was no longer in power. So I changed up a whole bunch of things in my life, moved out to San Francisco to be with the guy that I'd been dating and started to try to find connections. And I did that in a really random way because I didn't know anybody in San Francisco except the guy who is now my husband. And I took this crazy risk of inviting friends of friends, women, strangers into my home to talk about things that we don't have other spaces to talk about, like fears and vulnerabilities and, um, you know, feeling, feeling lost, feeling like we're at the bottom of the totem pole of who gets taken care of. Um, And once we started having these vulnerable conversations, um, everyone kind of lit up. And this was a time where you'd, you'd say something and the woman next to you would say, oh, my gosh, me too. And this is me too, not in the in the purely uh, sexual aggression form that it is now, but on all sorts of levels where each of us were experiencing things that we thought we were the only ones experiencing and feeling that way. We had 20 year olds to 80 year olds. We had a range of races, sexual orientation, and everyone just lit up by being connected to people outside of their usual bubble. And so the the dozen women became 30, became 50 each month as we came back to gather at my house. And now flash forward to when we're talking and we are about to launch in our 12th city and fifth country around the world and have more than 7,000 women connected in new forms. 
And that chain reaction that lifts women up and, and creates an exponential positive growth where one woman not only lifts another woman, but is observed by more who then join in is what we call the parlay effect. I have so many questions. Let me start. <laughs> and it's been a minute and I'm glad we're talking today. How is your health? You defeated the cancer. It's correct? awesome. It's awesome. Um, you know, luckily that second round was before things had gotten super, super dangerous. So it was not great surgery, but um, as, once it was over, um, I, I seem to finally have kicked whatever it was, and it's been a number of years of great health. And you said that your last daughter at the time that basically your life fell apart all in the same day, weekend, or month, your daughter, last daughter was about to leave and go to college. Did she ever think about staying home to be with you, and did you have to push her out of the nest? Um, you know, she's, an, she, she's now a therapist. She's an incredibly empathetic person. Um, and she, she would have, but you know, I, I made a lot of mistakes parenting. And one of the things that I did was because I was the only parent, um, was not let on my feelings of vulnerability and fears because I didn't want to scare my children that their only parent was feeling at risk. So I really didn't let on about much to her. And if, if I had, of course she would have, but, but luckily I, I didn't have to, you know, it was a sort of pretty quick, pretty quick surgery. And I moved on with my life and dropped her at hers in New Orleans and kept heading west. Did you have some sort of recourse for losing your job? It sounds to the ear that I'm sick. I need to go take care of myself, but I will be back. And then to have someone say, yeah, that's okay. That's not yeah, right. You know, th there, it, it wasn't right. It was before, before the current climate where that probably wouldn't have happened. And I would have felt more empowered to stick up for myself. Although I'll tell you, I was feeling so vulnerable um, and shaky that I don't know that I had the strength to fight. They did pay me generously as these companies always do um, as a way of, of, you know, sort of getting off the hook. But, um, you know, if, if that happened today, it would have been a different different situation. Why San Francisco? It, it, my uh, boyfriend at the time was raising his boys in Santa Cruz, and I'm too much of a city girl to move to sort of a beachy, hippie town. But San Francisco, which is very close by, is a place that I, you know, always sort of dreamed about living, even though I didn't know the reality of, of living here. And it, it was just kind of a, a random negotiation where I said, I'd, I'd, I'd love to be on the West Coast. I grew up in Seattle. I know you want to be close to where your boys uh, come back to from college or whatever. And, um, and so we just sort of picked it and bought a house and moved kind of crazy uh, very bold how did you find <laughs> these strangers for the first parlay effect connection and now you're in 12 cities on on five in five countries yeah the randomness uh, of it all friends of friends it was random it was random but you know i i asked i was smart about who i who i asked and in saying do you know anybody and you know it was a concerted effort to find women who were not just like me and so it was kind of good that i didn't know people because when i said you know when i talked to friends of friends it was a it was a range of ages and interests and not defined by career and so it just it just sort of happened and then you know the 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 group really developed our value system the value system only had a couple of rules 
And one was you can't come to be extractive. So if you're starting a nonprofit and you meet an amazing marketing person, you can't ask her for free services because this is the one time during her month when there's a night that's about her and, and you know, not someone else trying to, to take something away. And the second was about diversity, that, you know, our goal when we look around the room is to see a city that's even more diverse than the city that we live in. And so we really go out of our way to include people who are different than we are, you know, on purpose. And that was that was a concerted effort to do that. In every city that we launch around the world, um, that's the mission of the the core team that's trying to make it happen is make sure that you're not just talking to yourself over and over. How did you settle on calling it the parlay effect? It's so interesting. I was parlaying one stage of my life into another sort of about transition. And when I met these first core women over the first couple of months, it was clear to me that the people who wanted to participate were the people who were transitioning something. It might be a life stage. It might be a kid's life stage. It might be a relationship. It might be a a job. But when you're, when you're transitioning, you tend to be a little more aware of what's around you and not just going straight ahead into the doing you're sort of assessing and judging and feeling and, you know, making decisions and, those people were much more open to having conversations and exploring and testing things. So parlay made sense because we were, for the most of us, transitioning something. It's also spelled differently. The French word uh, parlay is to speak, and we were finally having safe places to speak about the things that we couldn't speak about anywhere else. And when I went to buy the website, uh, parlay.com, it was taken, and it was taken because I didn't know this, but a parlay is a gambling term, which very conveniently for me meant uh, means that the stakes are higher when you're in it together. Consecutive bets with groups of people have greater potential impact. And that that seemed to me to be, you know, a sign from above that we were calling it the right thing, because that's exactly what we were doing. Take us back to that very first conversation. And why does the parlay effect work more effectively with women over men? Well, that's an excellent question, um, and I'm not sure that it does, but um, it works well with women and has worked well because we still don't have um, we we still don't have the sense to know that we're not alone in some of the things that we're facing. And I think women's challenges um, around the world are incredibly complex because there are so many facets of what we are expected to do and want to do and, you know, how, how to balance those things and how to express, um, you know, fears and frustrations. And, you know, we're, we're, we're relatively stoic in trying to keep the family and the work world and whatever afloat. And so I can tell you that by talking about things like our, our subjects each month very broadly, but it would be how to deal with the narcissists in your life. <laughs> a lot of us face them and don't know how, why it's happening and how to react or what it's like to be someone who's on a career trajectory, but battling either depression or eating disorders. And let's talk about that. Or, um, you know, what your, your hormones 
uh, the impact your hormones through the entire course of your life have not only on you as a as a sexual being, but as you know, from an emotional standpoint and from a functional standpoint. And a lot of these conversations and the questions that are asked and the vulnerable stories that are shared would not be shared in a in a co-ed environment. Now, I do a lot of speaking and I speak to co-ed groups and I've noticed over the course of the years that the, the A, the number of men who want to be part of these conversations has increased and B, the willingness of men to say, hey, I want to be a more engaged partner, a better colleague, et cetera, et cetera. And I want to be able to have these conversations. Where's the place for me? And I say that's a valid question. And, you know, those of us who are raising sons or who have husbands that want to be the best partner, you know, want men to be having these conversations. It just, we're not at the stage as women in my group yet, where we've talked enough about the things that still need to be discussed before we open it to other forms of topic. We're talking to Anne Devereaux-Mills. Her book is The Parley Effect, How Female Connection Can Change the World. And it's interesting that you're in San Francisco today. I'm in Atlanta today. We're talking about connection and specifically for you and The Parley Effect, that physical connection where people are actually in the same space. And Mm. right now with with COVID-19, we're all kind of going to our own separate spaces until there's some sort of a handle on on what's going on here. How does how does that impact your work and what you're doing? It definitely does. Um, we we had to cancel our event last night and uh, actually I should say postpone and we're postponing our event in New York next week. I actually was in Atlanta the week before last launching Parlay House in Atlanta. And in all of these places where where so many of us are just thirsty for getting together and looking people in the eye and, you know, making connections that feel, I I call it four quarters instead of a hundred pennies. The things that you do with a few people with whom you can really go deep um, rather than these sort of relatively worthless superficial relationships. It's hard to do that when you're supposed to be socially distancing yourself from each other. So, you know, I have a a terrific small team that helps support the growth of the organization. And uh, tomorrow is our big work session on the topics that we can hit through um, online communications that will bridge the gap until we're back back in person. You know, my hope based on what's happened in China and um, and what the experts are saying about the course of this virus is that, you know, we've got a couple of months where we're going to have to behave very differently, but the the need for community and the desire for connection will not fade in that time. And so we'll be just bridging the gap with virtual things until we can be back in person. You promise? We promise. I haven't been doing this for nine years to walk away now, for sure. How have you found it to create this parlay community? It sounds as if women are eager to be a part of it, especially since you've just launched here in Atlanta. It's 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 wonderful and so unexpected because you know I'm I'm a traditional leader by training, where you create long term plans with objectives and strategies and tactics to execute, and then you make it happen. And this is an incredibly organic organization that was developed based off of my personal vulnerabilities and needs that then were obviously uh, felt 
across a broader range of people, but how the organization has evolved, the cities where it where it gets started, all come uh, organically through other women saying, this is something I've been craving and I'm willing to take part uh, in a core group to make it happen. And I would have had no guess that we would be across the world. Next month, we're supposed to launch in Amman, Jordan, which is, you know, a country where women really have not had the benefit of having intimate conversations about the types of subjects that we broach. And, uh, you know, to be in in London and Paris and, you know, soon in Vancouver, I, I just love that it's all happening not through my you know, top-down leadership, but because we suggested something that was working for us and everyone else said, oh, yes, I want to do that too. And, that, you know, that's just the best type of organization is, is, a, is an engaged one and an empowered one. And the participants are eager to have these deep conversations. I, I ask about building trust with a group of strangers. As you said, you started out and, you know, asking friends of friends and having these women you did not know over, but women can be funny sometimes about friendship and trust and sharing. Not you're, all women totally, help women. You're totally right. And and it's not right for, for all women, but I think we have a lot of people who are sort of skeptical and they come not really either knowing what to expect or doubting that we will, you know, quote unquote, go there. And by the end, you can see their shoulders have dropped and the smile is on their face. And, you know, they're still sort of trying to process um, an experience they had that is different than any other, because it's not about their industry and it's not about, you know, meeting people to add to your contact list. It's about a couple of words that made you feel connected or a couple of people that you thought these would be terrific people to be part of my life on a more regular basis. Talk to me about one small thing. <laughs> so it, it all it all started when uh, when I moved to San Francisco and was figuring out this parlay house thing. I also was feeling out my place as a human being in a world where so many things uh, over the first few years started to feel um, out of my control and out of my value system. So whether it was um, the gap, the wealth gap in this country, whether it's um, our high rates of incarceration, especially people of color, whether, you know, I had all these issues that I cared about. And I thought, how do I as one human being make a dent in some of these problems that are so incredibly huge. And I didn't know where to start. And when I um, started listening to what would happen at Parlay House gatherings or um, hear stories of small things that would dramatically impact another person, um, the light bulb went off and it was, it would be something like this. I have a young woman who, I've been been mentoring her for a number of years. She was in Cambodia, growing up over the uh, right after the genocide. Comes from an uneducated rural family, and her sisters did not have higher education. And she decided she wanted to be different. And she uh, was a top performer in her class and perfect scores on the national exam. And she wanted to come to to school in the U.S. And I was part of a team that was mentoring her. 
the problem was she had to take this this test called the TOEFL, which is English as a second language, to make sure she, her English was good enough to do well in college. And the way that it was administered in Cambodia was really discombobulated. And it was so badly done that she was starting to have panic attacks and didn't know what to do with it. And I had happened to be talking to a young woman at Parlay House who then became a friend. Um, and what she does is teach mindfulness in inner city schools and help these kids who don't have outlets for a lot of stress and anger in their lives to find ways to cope with them that are that are beneficial. And so we were chatting and I was saying, oh, I don't know what to do with this with this young woman because she has so much potential and this test might prevent her from doing what she wants to do. And she said, well, why don't I give her a call? And she called a stranger halfway around the world and spent 15 minutes teaching her some basic breathing techniques and coping techniques. And her 15 minutes worked so well that this young woman is about to graduate from Scripps College in Southern California. She went to London School of Economics. I mean, a 15-minute phone call where one person's natural ability and things she knew so well that it didn't give it a second thought changed the life of another person. And I started hearing stories like that that were meaningful exchanges of knowledge and skill and love and empathy and uh, behavior, not just money. Occasionally it was something that was small and financial, but um, it, it made me realize that we have so much more ability to lift other people with very small actions that build off of our strengths and build off of an awareness of someone else's need and putting those two together. So it's a newsletter that I write every month with some sort of insight uh, on on things like this. And uh, the feedback, I actually sent one out this morning, the feedback that I get bringing up the, you know, telling these stories of small actions that are meaningful and insights that are helpful um, do provide sort of a, a positive virus in a society that uh, seems to be accelerated by negative viruses most of the time. And while you've launched a formal Parley House in Atlanta, is it your expectation that these will grow organically in communities? And is that your hope? It, it totally is. And right after we launched Atlanta, I went uh, straight to Denver. And the Denver launch was phenomenal because uh, I was on social media. Uh, we, we were talking about something related to a Parlay House event. And when I had uh, had my first daughter 29 years ago, uh, during the time before there was internet, before there were cell phones, I threw an ad in a college paper, ended up hiring a 18-year-old nanny from Aberdeen, South Dakota, who showed up um, with her paper-issued plane ticket um, at the airport, and she came to my house, and I handed her my six-week-old baby and went back to work. And we had kept in touch over the years on, on social media, and she wrote to me, and she said, Anne, when are you launching Parlay House in Denver? And I said, well, I don't know. When are you launching it in Denver? And she did. And so, you know, we co we have a, a team that helps people figure out how to make it happen and coaches you through the process and helps with the subject matter. But this next generation of of women are coming forward and saying, this is important to me and I want to help make it happen. It just it feels so full circle and positive and uplifting at a time we need it. And what is it, Anne, that you're hoping readers are going to take away from the book? Each person does have the ability to create some positive change for somebody else, and you don't need money or access or power to do that. You just need to use your natural ability and to pay attention to, to other people. And that 
it's possible to redefine communities in a way that fill needs for each of us at a time when we feel powerless. So you have much more power than you think, and it all begins with your own truth and vulnerability and being willing to be open and share it with someone else. And we certainly have a great need these days to feel powerful. The book is The Parlay Effect, How Female Connection Can Change the World. The author is Anne Devereaux Mills. What's the website we want to send people to, Anne? parlayhouse.com or the parlayeffect.com and parlay is p-a-r-l-a-y we look forward to having people from from all of your listening audience join us in whatever way works for them absolutely thank you for your time this was great thank you perspectives is a community and public affairs program crafted with you in mind if there's a guest you'd like to hear interviewed or a perspective you think should be explored let me know if you're old school just write me 1601 west peachtree street northeast atlanta georgia 30309 or message me via social media i'm condos presley on facebook condo 29 on twitter and instagram thanks for listening be sure to listen again next week at this very same time as we examine another perspective.